morning it's friday morning already can you believe it hard to believe and uh but it is and it means the weekend's coming which for some people means hey a little bit of rest relaxation something different and uh for some of the others of us it means something different uh so i just uh reach out to you and encourage you today as you enter into your weekend that you would just walk with Jesus. If you get to recreate this weekend, enjoy it to the hilt. Uh, If you have work you have to do this weekend, then do it to the glory of God. That's what I would say um, to you. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage you 
uh, all the way around in those ways to enjoy, to embrace, to uh, to glorify Christ in, in whatever is in front of you. Uh, that would be my encouragement to you. We are looking at the life of Christ. We are looking at um, secrets about the kingdom given in parables. And yesterday we considered the parable of the uh, the sower and the soils. And uh, you know, I, I think I need to go back to that for just a short bit, and then press on out of that. That was over in the book of Matthew, chapter thirteen, where we had been camping. Uh, the parable of the sower and the explanation of the parable of the sower, you know, so it makes it clear, uh, you know, who who is the who is the farmer, uh, what is the seed, uh, and what are the rocky places, or not the rocky places, but what are the soil types that are there? Uh, hopefully, that that was evident to you, but just in case it wasn't, uh, it, uh, it says as uh, he was scattering seed, the farmer as he was scattering seed. It says some sell of some fell um, along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Now we could liken our hearts to the soils. So are our hearts like the path? I mean, that is that is a question that we may uh, that we may ask ourselves. Are, are our hearts like the path, or something else? Um, So just to give consideration to to the condition of our heart, uh, the other aspect, uh, our heart could be like a rocky place where there's not a lot of soil uh, present. Um, our heart could be a place where there are lots of thorns, uh, and then there's the good soil. And, and to ask ourselves, what 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 is our heart condition? Um thinking this through just a little bit and thinking about the types of soils. Uh, and he would go on later and explain what the what the soils are. And let me just pull that down for us here. The parable of the sower explained. Uh, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what's sown in his heart. This, uh, this is the seed sown along the path. Now, there, there are things in the, the parable and things that we read into the parable and things that we look at and consider in the parable based upon um, what we know about about soils. And in this instance, uh, just the idea of the path, uh, the evil one just so quickly can take what was sown, uh, the seed on the rocky places, the man who hears the word receives it with joy, but only lasts a short time. Uh, because his heart gets all wrapped up in, in the persecution or in difficulty or in trouble. Uh, and so quickly says, God isn't helping me any, so I'm just out of here, you know, type of type of thing. Uh, because it says when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, it quickly falls away. And, and there are people around us sometimes that would begin to follow God or begin to follow Christ. I like to speak in terms of Christ more than just God and the generality, but Christ and the speciality, specifically about Christ. And um, there are people that start to follow, but first sign of trouble, and that's kind of the way we've become uh, here in the 21st century, especially in the Western 21st century. We're finicky people, and we think it's okay. And, and just the moment that God doesn't do something the way we think it ought to be done, I'm, I'm out of here. 
the moment that there is conflict in uh, uh, in the church, I'm out of here. Those Christians just can't get along. Well, guess what? Because Christians are human beings, and we have physiological, psychological, uh, nature, nurture things in our lives. We have perceptions. We have aging. We have the fact that we haven't aged much, and we're youthful. All kinds of things that impact us. And, and, and there are people, though, and we just understand there are going to be people who are going to fall away when the trouble comes. They're just they they're not at the point yet where where they want to trust God, uh, and, and they're not taught yet to understand that trouble is part of life, and everybody's going to have it. Sometimes the, the theology is if you're a Christian, you're not going to have trouble. Can I clue you into something? I think that because we're Christians, we have more trouble. Uh, sin bothers us because we're convicted by the Holy Spirit. Um, evil in the world bothers us because it, it goes against the righteous standard of God. Uh, and we we have our own trouble. We are not removed from the natural laws of aging and pain and hurt and sorrow and grief and all these things. Uh, and so uh, when trouble comes, and we need to make sure that we have uh, the type of soil in us that uh, is in is being improved. It's like you might have stony soil, rocky soil, but you know what do you do if, if you're a gardener person? What do you do? I mean, you you perhaps go and uh, get some uh, fertilizer and add to the soil, or you you add some other soil to that soil to make it better soil, so that it would actually grow your flowers or your petunias or your tomatoes or your potatoes or whatever it is that you might be growing, uh, sometimes you add to that that poor soil or that rocky soil so that the soil can be enhanced um, and, and actually be productive in kind of the same way. If we have rocky places in our life, we need to add to the soil something better. Verse 22 says this. Uh, let me find my... House, there we go. Uh, the one who received the word that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word with the words of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it out. I mean, sometimes we've got to pull out the thorns. Sometimes we have to recalibrate so that the things that we would think are uh, so important realize are maybe of secondary importance uh, or tertiary importance even. Uh, tertiary means like way down the list. In case you're wondering what that word means, it means that that's that that that's the that's the Dr. Jim uh, definition of tertiary, way down the list. Uh, and sometimes we make a big deal, and we make tertiary issues primary issues, and we get things backwards. And sometimes that's what happens to people, and we have to look at our lives and go, hmm, okay. So the worries of this life, the deceitful deceitfulness of wealth, choke it out, make it unfruitful. And there's a lot of stuff that, that can be that, that can have that impact upon us. Things that that can make it make us unfruitful. Uh, right now, we are uh, Wendy and I together are are in perhaps uh, uh, an uber 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 busy season, and I can't go into all the details of that uh, right now. But we are shouldering up under some things, and uh, necessarily, and believe that this is what God wants us to do. Uh, and uh, we have to make sure that the pressures of the ministries that we support and encourage and give leadership to uh, don't uh, don't crush us uh, and, you know, the worries of this life, the concerns for uh, 
for the ongoing nature of ministry. And, uh, you know, there, there are things that will ride upon your shoulders, and, and uh, there are just things that ride upon our shoulders. And we have to make sure, and I, I think about this, and I, and I would ask you, in fact, I would throw this out. I'll be personal for a moment to pray for me. I, I've got to get back to health, a healthy rhythm somehow um, because it is, as you know, from pre-sunup until uh, I think last night we were crawling into bed about 11.30 last night, and this has nothing to do with moving. It all has to do with ministry. And uh, so sometimes the worries of this life can choke it out. I don't, I don't feel spiritually choked out. Uh, necessarily, but I don't want to get to that point. I, I want to maintain joy and love and graciousness and those types of things. Um, and so I, and you might have the same thing in your life. Uh, the worries of this life just feel like they're going to crush you. Uh, sometimes it's the worries of making decisions as we're remodeling homes. I mean, that that can be a worry of life and the, the finances that go along with that. Uh, the worries of life have to do with, you know, my uh, insurance is changing and now we're going to have to figure out how to pay for this necessary medication that is no longer covered. Uh, that can be a worry of this life. There are just things that are inescapable, things that we can't get around, things that are unavoidable, things over which we have no control. Uh, and yet we would ask the Lord to help us that the worries of this life uh, worries of getting older, the worries of maybe not having children, the worries of loneliness, the worries of uh, fill in the blank, friend, whatever that worry might be. Lord, help us that we would not allow the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth or money, either, either direction, having it or not having it, uh, that we would not allow the worries of this life to choke out joy and faith and trust uh, from our Christian uh, experience. So Lord, help us, we pray, uh, to to keep our focus upon you, to keep our eyes upon you so that uh, we can have your fullness in our lives. Verse 23 talked about the one who received the seed that fell on the good soils. The man who hears the word understands it produces a crop yielding a, a 160 or 30 times what was sown. Again, we covered this yesterday. I am, I am coming uh, back upon this just to, to kind of draw out a little bit more of what's here, uh, the idea of the good soil. We, we can improve the, the soil condition, friend, friends. We can improve the soil conditions by choosing what we uh, meditate upon. Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, uh, uh, you know, think upon whatever's good, lovely, noble, excellent, praiseworthy, uh, of good repute. I probably left out a few, a few of the adjectives there of those things upon which we are to uh, contemplate. Uh, and if we would think about those things, sometimes we, we begin to think about the negatives and think about the problems and think about the issues and think about the person or think about the pain or think about, uh, and, and what we need to do sometimes is begin to think about what is good and wholesome, Philippians 4, 8, uh, to help us uh, develop the soil of our lives that will be good soil, fruitful soil, Soil that bears fruit for Jesus. What else can help us with our soil? A fellowship with God's people can help us with the soil of our lives. Reading and studying and meditating upon God's word can help us with the soil of our lives. Reading good books, listening to podcasts, uh, a Christian podcasts, uh, all of those things can help us improve the soil condition. 
Uh, if you know, there there are people whose job. Uh, there's a guy who was a part of our church passed away rather suddenly at Christmas time a number of years ago, uh, who was involved in, in soil uh, and and checking the soils and and uh, you know if we were to take a soil sample of our heart today, what is the soil sample of your heart today? I'm asking myself the same question and saying this is good for me to go through this further and try to draw some out and to say, what is the soil condition? Uh, if if a spiritual soil sampler, that's a great illustration. I need to teach it that way sometimes. If a soil, a spiritual soil sampler were to take a, a sample of our soil, of our soul, what would it show? Highly acidic. Uh, you know, this is, this, this is really rocky, gravelly soil. Uh, this this is soil that you know. There's not a lot of depth here because it's on on a ledge, uh, on shale, uh, or you know your your soil is is a pretty good balance. It's pH balance pretty good. Just to think about a a soil sample of the soul, and and to ask the Lord to make sure that we have the type of soil, as we talked about yesterday, that will produce that crop. I mean to to think about what are what are we producing for Christ? I mean, that that's that is a question that we would ask. Now, there's the parable of the weeds that, that follows right after that other parable of the soils. It says this Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone else was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now notice the enemy came and sowed in uh weeds. I mean, the enemy will do that. The enemy's going to try to put weeds of people in our lives. He's going to put the, want to put the weeds of uh, misplaced thinking in our lives. He is going to want to put the, the weeds of his own lies into our lives. He will do this. He is going to sow weeds among the wheat, and sometimes those weeds will be other people. Uh, verse 26 says this, uh, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the seeds, the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servant said to him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? So where, where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. While you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them to my barn. So notice what he says about the weeds. Sometimes we, our, our approach is we have to get all the, all the bad people out from among us. Notice what they had said, verse 28, do you want us to go pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may pull up the weed as well. Let both grow together until the harvest. So in the life of the church, we're going to have the mix of people. Uh, now, someone could be listening and saying, so are you calling me a weed? Uh, no, I'm not calling you a weed. Uh, you would know, uh, you know, what, what is your intent? Um, are you seeking to build others up in Christ? Are you seeking to demonstrate the love of Christ? Are you seeking to... Um, fulfill what uh, uh, what we are called to in in bearing with each other and showing patience toward each other and showing fair uh, forbearance toward each other and showing 
forgiveness toward each other, Ephesians 4, 3. Uh, or, and there are people who, who are just, and oftentimes, at least in my estimation and my interpretation, my observation, uh, oftentimes it is self-righteous people who kind of cross their arms and, well, I'm better and I'm not like you and I'm so on and so forth, uh, who would want to pull up the weeds. And Jesus says, simply let the weeds grow up among you. Now, some would say, so that that means there should never be church discipline or nobody should be asked to leave the church. No, it's not necessarily saying that either. It might seem like it's saying that, but it's not necessarily saying that. Um, what it is, I mean, the tendency could be for some who are self-righteous to always be pulling up weeds and chasing people out that they think don't belong. Sometimes you have to take action. Sometimes it's appropriate to take action uh, when, when there's something egregious taking place or flagrant. And, and 1 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, talks about that. We looked at that a few weeks ago that sometimes we just have to tell people who are just flying in the face of authority and flying in the th- in the face of God's word and flying in the face of godliness and flying in the face that, that they have to go. But the, the general tenor of being a weed puller all the time is not something that we ought to do. We shouldn't be turning over every rock and looking for every ill in a person's life. We shouldn't be doing that, I don't think. Um, but in those egregious, very egregious public situations, uh, the the opposite may be true. Generally speaking, though, in this parable of the weeds, Jesus is saying, you know, you you let the you let it uh, you let the wheat and the weeds grow up together, and it will get sorted out in the end. Because it says in verse thirty, let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. And, and notice the the uh, the end of the weeds and of the wheat. There is a definitive end. The weeds are what? Bundled and burned. And I don't want to be a weed that is bundled and burned. And this is a a warning that would be given to people to not be weeds that, that sow discord in the body of Christ, uh, that sow problems and sinfulness in the body of Christ. Do, do not be a weed uh, that would be burned. Uh, and it says, uh, then there's the wheat that was gathered and brought into the barn. So, uh, The weed is sickled and stored, brought into the barn. Again, the dividing line between that which would be, um, that which would be held out uh, and kept out of eternal life with God in heaven. There, there is this sense of judgment that is spoken to in this very passage. Uh, and the, the the separation of the good and the bad, of, of the righteous and the unrighteous, uh, of the holy and the evil, uh, of, of those who have Christ and those who do not, there will be a parsing that will come. And so this is just something that we need to be aware of. Not being people who are, you know, 
well, you don't fit here because, you know, you, you look funny or you don't fit here because you dress differently or you don't fit here because you have tattoos or otherwise Jacob wouldn't fit among us. We like Jacob an awfully lot. Um, we have to just be cautious and on our guard. Both will grow up together. Verse 31, he continues, and he has a few other parables uh, down below at verse 36. In fact, let's let's go down there, and it, the parable of the weeds is explained. So let's look at the explanation that Jesus gives to that parable. He left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. So he makes it very, very clear of whom he's talking. The harvest is the end of the age. The harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out his kingdom, out of his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing. I know it's gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the kingdom, shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him listen. And so we, at the end of the age, the angels are going to parse this out. It says, they'll weed out of the kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace so they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And anytime you read about the weeping and gnashing of teeth, that is almost always an illusion, illusion, not illusion, illusion with an A to, uh, to hell. And that is not the place that you or I want to be at all. Now, let's let's tell another parable here. Uh, the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. Down at verse 31, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the through the dough. And, and that was a positive, actually. It made the dough to grow. Uh, and we, we tend to think, some people think that, you know, all all Jewish bread was flat bread. It was matzah. It wasn't matzah. They, they used yeast and, and made bread like everybody else did. But there were certain times of the year they didn't make that type of bread. So... For some who would say, well, the the you know the Jewish bread was always the matzah, and we can only have communion with the matzah. I I believe that is misplaced thinking. Um, the kingdom of heaven. Notice it's the smallest of the seeds, yet when it grows, it is it is like the garden plants, becomes a tree. So the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. The idea of the birds of the air are are the other nations even. Uh, other nations, people, the Gentiles, you and I who are non-Jewish in our ethnicity, uh, we will go and perch in the branches uh, of this great tree that grows. Uh, in fact, I've seen people say, just give me a mustard seed. 
is just just give me a mustard seed and a little bit of faith in what can God do. And, and I've quotation like that or similar to that or maybe that very quotation, but just friends, it just takes a small amount of faith. Trust God for what God for what God will do. Continues on verse thirty four. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So it was fulfilled what was spoken to the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. He explained the parable of the weeds. Then there's the parable of the hidden treasure down at verse 34. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. In other words, he invested everything. He got rid of everything so he could have that treasure of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I mean, the idea of, of giving up everything for the sake of the kingdom. Then there's the parable of the nets. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, I know it's gnashing. The warning, the, the separation what, that, that will happen at the end of the age. Verse 51, have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old that, that we're bringing out. And, and he's talking about the, the new revelations. He's talking about uh, the, the Old Testament and the law and what was given uh, the, the, those the old treasures he doesn't say they're worthless he said he calls them treasures and then as well as the new like the new covenant in his blood which is given this this new covenant of you know we, there, there are uh, aspects of so ceremonial Judaism that we know we don't have to follow at all because uh, Christ is now the fulfillment of those things uh, like the sacrifice of lambs it doesn't have to happen. Uh, because Jesus is that sacrifice, or the sacrifice of bulls, because Jesus is that sacrificial bull as well. Um, but what do we do? We we do embrace things of the Old Testament, which which are still, uh, which still help us to focus on and realize the wonders of Christ. So He gives us this teaching, um, more secrets of the kingdom. You know, if, if you and I want to uh, to live out the kingdom. Uh, priorities, uh, we give thought to these parables, we give thought to the soil of our lives, we give thought to, you know, are we willing, how much are we willing to give up to have the kingdom? Uh, it's like I said yesterday, uh, uh, things like our, our devotional lives that, uh, you know, it, it takes effort, you know, and, and we, we do, it, it applies physically, it applies spiritually, it applies intellectually and mentally, uh, you know, when we when you put the work in, you have results. Uh, I am so proud of my wife. I just you can tell her that I said this. You can tell her I was boasting her up. If you would please, I like the points. Um, 
But she has done such a phenomenal job since uh, June after we returned from our vacation that we took in June uh, at going to work at uh, weight loss and, and whatnot. And I won't say the number, but it's significant. Uh, and she looks so good. And, uh, you know, if you're going to get there, it takes effort. Me, on the other hand, I'm still eating donuts. Just going to let you know. And uh, someone was telling me, you know, Pastor, it looks like you've lost weight. I'm like, no, my beard's gotten thicker. The winter beard is coming on, and it might make me look thinner. If you're going to lose weight, you got to work at it. If you're going to improve the tone of your body, you got to work at it. If you're going to improve your intellect, you've got to read. Uh, if you're going to grow spiritually, you have to invest yourself in spiritual exercises that are going to help you to grow. Things like Bible study, things like prayer, things like worship beyond Sunday, things like gratitude, things like service, things like giving. You have to invest spiritually if you're going to grow. And and so some of these parables uh, about the new and the old treasures or the parable about uh, about the the, uh, hidden treasure out in the field, the guy that sold all he had and went and bought the field, he bought the farm. Uh, And and the parable of the pearl of great value, Uh, he sold everything so he could have it. And you know, what are we willing to give up to have all that we can have in Christ? I mean, that, that's kind of the implication, the kind of the application here. Sometimes we, we kind of partially have the Christian life and wonder, well, why why am I miserable? Because we're trying to keep one foot here and one foot there, one foot, one foot in the kingdom of this earth and one foot in the kingdom of heaven, and we got to decide which kingdom. And sometimes we make ourselves miserable trying to, trying to have both when when the parable says that he sold all he had and bought the field, and the parable says that when he found that pearl of great value, he sold everything he had, and he went and bought the, bought the, bought that fine pearl. Would we be willing to buy and invest so that we could have the things of Christ in that way? That's the question. So, hey, before we go, uh, grab that cup of coffee. Let's have a little sipsy together. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. That helps a little bit. Lord, help us today. Help us today to know what the true treasure is and to go after it. Help us today to uh, maybe evaluate the soil of our soul and allow you to do something with it. We need your help, Lord. Uh, Yesterday morning, I was discouraged. just by the amount of work that I can't get to uh, sometimes just because of situations. Lord, I I pray for your encouragement. Help me just to stay at it. And uh, Lord, and and to not be discouraged by someone else's estimation or evaluation of things. I pray for others who are maybe struggling today. Some struggle with with, uh, just immense things in their lives, things that maybe we don't, don't even know about. Some of our listeners have very heavy things in their lives. And uh, Lord, we pray for them, that they would know your encouragement, that they would know the strength of your spirit, uh, that you would help their minds to run to you, help their spirits to run to you, their souls to run to you. Uh, so, Lord, would you be at work, we pray, uh, encouraging those who need encouragement. For those that have got work to do, uh, Lord, uh, I've got work to do. 
Others feel as though they've got work to do because they've said it in the comments. Lord, help us to invest ourselves and to run to you, to work with you, to allow you to to be at work in, in the soil of our souls that we might glorify you. Lord, help us to be fruitful. Help us to be fruitful individually. Help us to be fruitful as the family of Veracity Chapel. Help us to be fruitful uh, in our ministries like uh, Fair Haven and uh, the Neighborhood House. Help us to be fruitful to ministry of New England Bible College and Seminary. Uh, Lord, and we pray today as well. We pray for Jacob and Dean and the boys that are on their way to um, this mission experience. Give them safety. Keep them free from issues, problems, and harm on the road. May this be a pivotal, life-changing time for these men, these young men, uh, as they go down to the new tribe's place down in Pennsylvania. So, Lord, we lift them to you. Watch over them. Keep them safe, we pray. And, Lord, as we get into the weekend, uh, help us to draw close to you, to walk close to you, to live close to you, to enjoy you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friends, that is a wrap for today. I hope that you've been uh, maybe convicted, maybe inspired, uh, but that you and I, all of us, will walk with Christ in a way that honors and glorifies him. Have a great day, everyone. Hopefully I'll see many of you over the weekend.